Welcome to Chat with Crystal, empowerment coaching and conversations with real women from around the world. I'm your host, Crystal Andrus Morissette, founder of the SWAT Institute. Women are being called right now to help heal this world. And it's time for a radio podcast that shows the how we're going to do just that, empowering one woman at a time. Now let's get to it. Welcome. It is Friday, May 7th, and we are live with Chat with Crystal, Empowered Coaching Conversations with Real Women from Around the World. And I just always completely and utterly love the first Friday of every month because I go to my private conference line where we invite women in. They just share their first name. I have no idea who's going to be on the line. I have no idea who's going to go into the queue to get coaching. And yet every single time we do this, it works because I am using a framework that I teach at the SWAT Institute. Yep, special weapons and tactical, except we're Simply Woman, accredited trainer. And we are the premier empowerment coach certification in the world. We're in over 45 countries now. Uh, If you want to find more about our coaching programs, our certifications, or a brand new course that I'm launching on Wednesday, May 12th, called Emotional Edge 2.0, all you have to do is head over to the website www.swatinstitute.com and you can take my Emotional Age quiz. It's right on that front page there. You can pop your name and email in to get your results. It's tons of fun. I actually wrote the book, The Emotional Edge. I can't believe it's been five years now. It's been featured on Oprah three times. And, um, you know, I just still, I feel like time flies when you're having fun or it just flies when you're getting older. I don't know. Time flies because to think that was five years ago, I am still learning and expanding this work. It's still so fresh. It's still so exciting. It's so compelling, relevant, and more important now even than before I wrote it. You know, imagine that was launching in December of 2015, before we even had the last president, before this president even went for his run. So imagine I was writing that book about woman energy, mother energy, daughter energy, before I was writing that book in 2014. And it is more important now than ever before, I promise you. Um, Knowing how to get the edge in your life, knowing where you're resonating in terms of how you're showing up in the world. I always talk about these three aspects to our personality and we all have it. Every single human being on the planet has these three aspects to their persona. Um, Carl Jung would have said those three aspects are your ego. It's the personality that you choose to present to the world. It's probably the way you feel safest showing up in the world. He calls that your ego. And then he says every person has a shadow, which is more, and I think we get confused by the shadow. We always think the shadow means negative. It means um, heavy. It means dark and foreboding and and I don't, I don't, I don't believe the shadow has to be a really scary place to visit. Uh, I think of the shadow as um, 
just your the unconscious part of you, a part of you that you've maybe disowned, a part of you that you learned when you were really young uh, not to share with the world too openly. And so we can bury parts of ourselves in the shadow. And so I always say, think of your ego as what in my work with the, the three archetypes, mother, daughter, and woman, or the parent, the child, and the uh, adult, I always think of the ego as the dominant emotional archetype, the one you're most comfortable showing to the world. And Carl Jung would have called it the shadow, and I would say, that's just your submissive. That's just the part of you that you're not as comfortable sharing with the world. And guess what? Your shadow might be golden. Your shadow, you might have learned when you were a little girl, don't be a princess. Don't don't shine too bright. Don't be a show off. Don't be conceited. Don't don't be charming. Don't be like that. So you might literally have buried um, a part of you that loves to perform, loves to be on stage. And and deep down inside that part of you is driving the show. That's what the shadow does. The shadow is the the buried uh we try to forget and drop this part of ourselves because somehow we were taught to maybe be embarrassed of it. You know, I'll tell you a really funny story. Cute, quick little story. I remember, and it was so mortifying to me at the time, but I had to be little. Like, when was Gilligan's Island playing on TV? I know some of you are darn old enough to even, they're like, what is Gilligan's Island? Okay, um, if you remember the theme song, and I can't believe I'm going to remember it, but I think it was something like... Um, uh, the professor and Marianne here on Gilligan's Island. Okay, the movie star. Do you remember that? Remember that um, little theme song? Okay, so I would have been little. Honestly, I might have been seven, eight, nine, ten. I don't remember. Somewhere in that age. And I had a older brother who was a bully. And he was. He just really was. He was a bully verbally, mentally, physically. Like, I'm not saying his name, I'm not trying to throw him under the bus, but he was a really terrible bully, and he just traumatized me all the time. And I remember this one day, and I swear to God, it's not like I ever sang Gilligan's Island theme song and looked in the mirror and sang that song, but just this one particular day, I was in my room all by myself, looking into the mirror, brushing my hair, and I took the brush and I sang into the brush like it was a microphone and I sang the Gilligan's Island theme song and when I got to the part that said and the movie star that's who I am that's what I said <laughs> I sang I forget the whole thing the professor and Marianne but I sang and the movie star and then I went that's who I am and my brother was spying on me and he burst into my bedroom and laughed so loud, pointing his finger at me. Oh my God, you think you're a movie star. Ha ha ha. And I began to shrink. I took my movie star and I buried her in the basement. Um, I have another little funny story. And he told everybody. He told my cousins. He told people at school. Crystal thinks she's the movie star from Gilligan's Island. And I didn't really, actually. I never even thought about it until that little moment. But you better believe I took my movie star, I buried her in the basement, in my subconscious, so to speak. I was like, oh, I don't ever want anyone to think that I think I'm a movie star. That's so embarrassing. Funny enough, when I was about 40, my aunt, 
another meanie. <laughs> I come from a family. They're just, they have a lot of daughter energy. They have a lot of son energy. They're just bullies and meanies. And, um, and I, I probably should have made a, um, architect, a, a, an emotional edge archetype called the bully or the meanie. In any case, um, yeah, I, I should, I, maybe that's under the warrior. I don't know. Yeah, probably the warrior can be a meanie and can be a bully. Anyways, anyways, I'm digressing. I was about 40 and, um, oh, someone's unmuted their line. I'm going to mute your line again, Wendy, because I just saw you unmute. I'm just going to keep you muted for now. But if you do want to be in the queue to get some coaching today, you just press star two and we can do some coaching. Okay, so let me go back to my quick story before we get to the coaching lines today. So when I was 40, about 40, and I'm 50 now, so it was about 10 years ago, I was uh, with my family and for a holiday, Thanksgiving, I think it was, and we're sitting at the table, the whole family, you know, my siblings, kids, and oh no, it was, yeah, whatever it was, whatever it was, I don't remember, maybe I was 30, I don't know actually, um, but because I'm terrible with time, um, but my aunt, who is, was really close with my brother, she was only like about 10 years older than us, she was a meanie. I think she taught my brother how to be a meanie. In fact, I called her my meanie auntie. <laughs> Anyways, meanie auntie um, said, I remember when you were four years old and you were at my parents' house. So that would have been my grandparents, her parents. She said, and I remember you were such a little brat. And I just sat there and I thought, oh. Here we go. I'm being triggered. I'm being triggered right now. I'm sitting here smiling, just thinking I'm always so lovely to everybody. Why are you mean to me? Anyways, she said, I remember when you were about four years old and you were at my parents' house and you wanted to go swimming. And I told you, no, you're not going swimming. And you said, I am going swimming. And I said, why do you always think you can do whatever you want? Now I would have been four. She would have been 14. Okay. So she would have probably been babysitting me or something. She said, why do you always think you can do whatever you want? And I guess I said, and I have absolutely no memory of this. I guess I said, because I'm the princess. <laughs> so I was the princess and the movie star. And she made fun of me uh, so badly and called me the princess. And I never even knew where that story came from. But you better believe I buried my little princess too. Buried my princess. I buried my movie star. So for me, my daughter energy is my shadow. And I had to learn this. I learned it over time. I was far more comfortable as I got older, into my teens, in my 20s, in my 30s. I was far more comfortable showing up as my dominant emotional archetype or the persona or the ego that I showed the world. I was far more comfortable showing my mother energy, being kind, compassionate, loving, a really good cook, a wonderful hostess with the mostest, a little bit of a perfectionist. I always made sure my house was perfect and I, I, I exercised because I wouldn't want anyone to think I was, you know, not taking care of my health until I had children and then I got fat and then I was with my chubby bubby mother energy. I was just very, very comfortable in mother energy, always was. I wasn't so comfortable. Funny enough, when I look back, I see these fun, sexy pictures of me and think, I didn't even see how sexy I was. I didn't even realize that I gave off this 
I oozed this energy sometimes of such daughter energy. But for me, it was my shadow. So here's the thing, ladies. You might not see your, you don't see your shadow. You don't see it. You don't see your own shadow. It's so hidden from you. But other people can see it. Other people see it. But you don't see it. And so that's the shadow that Carl Jung would have talked about. Carl Jung also said we all have a collective unconscious. And what does that mean? It means when I use words like mother energy, daughter energy, we all get it. Why do we all get it? Because it's part of this collective unconscious that we all are tapped into. There's something collective. Some people call it God. Some people call it the universe. Some people call it just this understanding like we can tell fairy tales in every different language and we all understand the meaning of a fairy tale. We all have archetypes. We could all say the bad boy and it doesn't matter if you say it in Chinese or you say it in Danish or you say it in Spanish or you say it in English and you say bad boy. Everybody in every country goes, oh, I know what a bad boy is. It's an archetype. So I teach in archetypes. That's part of the Emotional Edge 2.0. And we're going to do such a deep dive into all those little archetypes. And we're going to start to really examine which archetypes you're really comfortable with and which ones are hidden or disowned. Here's what would happen for me. When I would come up with against a woman that was in too much daughter energy, whether she was a meanie or she was a princess or she was a movie star, something in me would be triggered because I'd buried my meanie, I'd buried my movie star, I'd, bur I'd buried my princess. If someone was too much of a princess, I'd be like, that girl's so spoiled. She is such a spoiled, because being a princess was unacceptable, okay? So until I did the work of me realizing, oh my God, of course I have a princess inside of me. We all do. Some of us love being a princess, some of us are mortified by a princess, by our own inner princess. So this work is really powerful. It becomes very exciting. Um, I see some of you on the line right now that are already signed up to take the Emotional Edge 2.0. Yay, I'm so excited! Because starting on Wednesday, May 12th, we're gonna get together on video, Zoom. We're gonna talk, we're gonna coach, we're going to go deeper into this work. You're gonna feel like an emotional age expert by the time this eight week course is done. I'm super excited about it. So again, you can learn more about that at www.swatinstitute.com. All right, we're gonna to go to the phone lines. I see two of you have raised your hands to get some coaching. I'm gonna go to the first one, the first one that went live, and I'm going to uh, open up our phone lines, and I think it is Catherine. Hey. Hello. Hi, how are you? Is this Catherine? Yes. Okay, Catherine, I'm ready. I'm here for you. Thank you so oh. much. Thank you so much for calling in. Is this our first time talking? Definitely is. Yeah, I, uh, I found your podcast, I want to say two and a half weeks ago. Um, I went for my eighth revision surgery. I had breast cancer three years ago. Oh, okay. And covering and I when I go into surgery I'm up for 48 hours to like 72 hours I just don't fall back asleep my mm. brain doesn't let me yeah is um, it maybe the so medicine I, too like sometimes medicine you can be super sensitive to the anesthetic that can yeah yeah, yeah. so I go to the opposite instead of sleepy I'm just wide awake okay. and so, so yeah I listen to all of your podcasts and then something I've always felt something in me saying I needed to do something bigger with 
my story and everything I had gone through because um, I was 29 diagnosed. Wow. And I've been starting to, um, I started my own page on Facebook, just kind of tell my story to, to bring awareness that it can happen to younger women yeah. um, and how often we're brushed off. And, uh, and it, I just resonated to so much of what you were saying. So I decided to have, I, I reached out and I signed up for the SWAT Institute course. And, Yay! Yeah, and yesterday I uh, took the plunge and I'm going to do the 2.0 because I was like, I want to meet her. Oh, now, this is so exciting. Kind of crazy. Oh my gosh. So two so, and a half weeks ago, you didn't even know I existed. And now we are going to be so enmeshed in each other's lives and we're going to support each other and we're going to be so empowered and amazing. And I'm going to be here for you 100%. Yeah, I'm super excited. I've always been saying, like, I want to empower women to advocate for themselves and this and this and this. And, and here I am. Like, I was Googling and trying to search, and I don't even, again, I was also on medication. So I think it's <laughs> well, I fine that I, was, I found you. However, don't ask me how. I just did. Divine. That's the collective unconscious. There it is right there yeah, in action. That was my sign. So it I is. took it, and I'm taking all the nudges I can in the last little bit. Um, well, I'm yeah, here I am. I'm really honored and, and really I'm grateful. Yay, Catherine, awesome. So tell me, how can I, I mean, just so great just to connect and hear your voice today and to welcome you into the school. Do you want to do some coaching as well? We can, yeah. Do you have, any, do you have anything going on? First of all, I want to say um, you are a, 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 a shiro, a hero, a warrior, woman, goddess. Um, how old are you now? Do you mind me asking? I'm 33. 33. So you've had four years yeah, so it's of... it's been four years. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And Reconstruction surgery over and over. So it was... Mm. It's been longer than... Um, I was 24 when I found my first lump. And uh, they were just like, oh, it's nothing. And pushed me off. And I, then I, they finally sent me... Because I was bigger, bigger chested. And I think that's why I relate a lot to what you talk about. Because now I understand I've... Like so clearly, I've always been in the mother energy, mm -hmm. but the sexuality, such of the, you know, my daughter energy, and I think that's the only piece that I've ever really used was my sexuality part as a daughter energy, and everything else was shut shut out. Like you're talking about shadow, like that's what I was doing. Yeah. Um, yeah. So losing, you know, my double G size chest mm -hmm. to is a completely different look and pain there. It it really brought me into a loop of you know like I was I was low I started the emotional edge just yesterday watching the first two episodes and you're talking about how you know how do you feel and I realized I was like some parts I'm I'm okay but when it comes to like deep down me I was like oh boy this makes sense why I'm so dark and I can't get out of bed and stuff like I'm mm -hmm. stuck in like shame but I'm opening up my eyes and I'm like I can see the steps I've taken but I keep going back mm -hmm. so Kind of like you go back to your emotional home and what you're used to, right? Yeah. So, so yeah, this is kind of. Well, wow. Well, I want to say. Like, yeah, well, you're like, I am just sending you, if I were with you right now, I'd just be like giving you the biggest hug, like the biggest, fiercest mama bear sister hug that I could give you and just say like, I love you. I know I don't even know you yet, but I love you and I'm, I'm here with you and you are a warrior and God bless you, it, like for whatever that means, goddess bless you. Um, you have, you're so important, your story matters. 
Um, I would love to have you write your story. I would love to give you a platform, even like right out of the gate. Let's get you writing for our magazine, Simply Woman. I, I, I would just okay. love for you to tell that story. And you know, let's let's just go to a little bit what you said when you said like you'd, you 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 actually signed up for the emotional edge, the original, and you're fast tracking it. So you got to watch the first two classes already. Like you'll probably have watched all twelve by the time we start next Wednesday. I bet. Um, yeah, that's my plan. Yeah. <laughs> so you're, you're you're going through the fast track, fast tracking it, and then you'll be live with us on Wednesday the twelfth. But so one of the things you said is like, how do you feel? And Catherine, that's the number one. You know, I was just watching uh, whether you love him or hate him, which I sometimes love him, I sometimes hate him. Doctor Phil, and it was just yesterday, and there was a little girl. She was eleven years old, and her parents were really distressed because she they believed has has an eating disorder. Um, and she exercises like a OCD obsession. And Dr. Phil um, said, I, I don't, I think you might be trying to, um, to address the wrong thing. I don't think she has an eating disorder. And as the call went on, he said, she has a distorted body image. Um, and so we, it wasn't that she hasn't, he was saying, but the point was, one of the things that he said is that she feels fat. She feels ugly. She feels, it's how she feels. And one of the things Dr. Phil said, and it stuck with me, is feelings aren't facts. Feelings aren't facts. Feelings aren't factual. But I wanted to say, yes, but, Dr. Phil, they are real to us. And what we feel is the biggest indicator to tell us where we're resonating at emotionally and in our empowerment so feelings aren't facts meaning you're she wasn't fat she was a waif she was tiny she was only 11 years old she hadn't even begun developing yet she was a tiny you could see her little bones in her in her pants sticking out of her knees her little knee bones and her little elbow bones so but she feels fat so what we feel gives us an indication on of of how empowered we are it's not the truth and this is what i always try to say to women but that's not the truth of who you are if you knew the truth of who you are if you had been raised in a home that celebrated you encouraged you there was no comparison there was no competition you just got to be joyful and happy and loved you would know who you really are and you would live your truth hopefully but hey, we live in a world where there's so many other dy dynamics and things that affect the way we feel about ourselves. So we're, so the first thing is I, I heard you say, and I wrote down, is that you heard me say, how do you feel? And you said, I felt shame. So even though I could say to you, oh my God, Catherine, you have nothing to be ashamed of. It doesn't matter if factually I think that, it's what you feel. So let's dive into that shame story. The fact that you recognize that right out of the gate, like, wow, I'm carrying shame. So shame says who I am is no good. It's the lowest, it's the, it's the meanest, it's the harshest, it's the, it's the most disempowered story we can tell ourselves about ourselves. Remember, we have all different ways we could tell ourselves a story. We could tell the story of like, I'm, a, I'm amazing. We could tell the story, I'm beautiful. We could tell the story, I'm a movie star. Or we can tell the story, I'm not enough. I'm not good enough. I'm not enough. Mm -hmm. That's the shame story. Guilt is a little bit higher resonating in the empowerment spectrum, which says, not who I am is no good, 
but what I did was no good. So I'm wondering when you said I was comfortable in my daughter energy being a charmer with my sexuality, is there something connected to you talking about losing your breasts? You talked about them being double G breasts that you lost through breast cancer and you're still such a young woman and your sexuality and your your identification with your body is it like you're you're in your you're in your sexual prime they say you know in your 30s so you're still would be very connected to your daughter energy so tell me when you use the word shame charmer how i feel double breast um mastectomy tell me if that's the shame story or does it go back even further um so for the shame, I think it goes past that. I think I've always kind of been the sick kid in my life, uh, in my family. So I think I've never really voiced how I felt. Mm. And so now being a mother, seeing how it's affecting my kids, not having my true voice um, and seeing them not having their voice, it kind of hit me. And lately, like, I feel I'm, I'm such in a people-pleasing, like, Mm -hmm. somebody's me and I want to respond right away because I don't want them to think that I'm angry at them or I don't want them to think that I'm ignoring them even though I'm trying to take the time for me so yesterday with the whole like it was eye-opening because I, I actually messaged everybody I said you know I need to get off my phone I need to get off messenger and whatsapp and these groups right now because I'm almost doing too much and I feel like I need to take a step back mm -hmm. and kind of no, it's, it's not you guys at all. It's I need to put myself first. And that is something I have never done in my entire life. Brilliant. And so I, the, the shame part was, you know, that I need to do it. And I need to, like, it's, it's you know, it's bursting out. It's, I cracked from the inside. I need to not be stuck there. And so the shame came from having to tell people I can't be there for them the way that I was prior, that I need to take time for me. Yeah. Um, then led to guilt because then I feel bad, right? So that's kind of. But just check something. The guilt is higher resonating than the shame. So, right. you know, yeah. Yeah. so guilt yeah. says what I did was no good. Um, but if you could even go one level higher, which is, and who do I blame or what do I blame for this? That being able to actually move out of pointing the finger at yourself, it's not empowered, but it's on the way to being empowered. So, who do you blame? What do you blame for this? You said I was always a sick kid. Let's go back there because this sickness, there's a story that you've carried, obviously, since you were young and you have been sick. You were sick as a child. Then you at 24 feel your first lump in your breast. You're poo-pooed on. The doctors say, no, no, no. Because like, you know, and I wonder, this just popped into my head. I wonder if there's even almost a shame story around being sick. And Maybe there's even a shame story around like going to the doctors again and the doctor's going, no, Catherine, it's just, you're fine. And then like, you're a hypochondriac, you're always sick, but you really, yeah. you really. Well, I've been told by doctors, oh, it's in your head and different things. Like even when I was six and I was sick when I was, you know, 16, 17. So I think, again, it's me not being able to, or I wasn't able to advocate for myself. Right. Um, and no 16-year-old can. And no 16-year-old right. can. And no 16-year-old yeah. really should. That's your parents' job. 
How were your parents? Tell me about your parents and how they dealt with you being sick growing up. My dad was very hardworking. He did everything for us. Uh, my mom was a stay-at-home mom, but both of them aren't talkers in that sense. My mom is very loving, very mother energy. I was actually telling her that just yesterday. Mm -hmm. I was talking to her. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but it's, it's uh, none of them really speak up to defend for themselves, and that's kind of what I took on. Mm -hmm. And so it's, yeah. So you didn't get, so even growing up, did you feel, and you know, and I don't want to tell too many stories because this time flies fast, but when my daughter, Julia, was really sick at, at 14, and I got to tell you, I had tremendous shame and guilt because she came in, it was just after Halloween, I don't even know if it was Halloween night, I, I'm terrible with, with memory and dates, but it was somewhere right around Halloween, um, and she was 14, she came into bed about two, three in the morning while I was sound asleep. And she said, mom, my stomach hurts. And I was like, Julia, because Julia was the little boy who cried wolf. She was a little girl who cried wolf. She always had something wrong with her. And this night she came in and went, my stomach hurts. And I was like, oh, Julia, just climb into bed with me. I'll get you a Tylenol. And here in Canada, we call it Gravol, it's like a, I forget what it's, Dramamol or whatever it is in other countries. It's like a, a nausea, um, pain, it's yeah, a nausea. Yeah, I, I know what it is. Yeah. I'm, from, I'm from here too. Okay. So I gave her Tylenol and Gravol, pulled her into bed and told Aaron, go sleep on the couch. And he left and she came into bed. And, and again, at one other point, maybe five o'clock in the morning, she went, oh, my stomach, oh, my stomach. And I said, on a scale of one to 10. And she said 10. And I said, can we just go in the morning? So she said, yes. The poor kid slept beside me. And in the morning, I said, okay, let's go. And she said, no, I, feel, I don't feel, I feel better. I'm feeling better. And I let her for two days sleep in my bed, taking Tylenol and gravel. She got her period the next morning. I was certain she had the flu and she got her period. Um, two days later, she got up to go to the bathroom. And it was my husband who said, she doesn't look right. She looks like she's lost 10 pounds. I had my head stuck up my ass. And probably because I had parents who never took us to the doctor, never took us to the dentist, never even did pharmaceuticals. I gave birth naturally. I didn't even take like Tylenol after giving birth because I just never was raised with anyone that did anything with doctors. Anyways, Aaron said his, his mom's a nurse and he said, no, we have to take her to the hospital right now. And she said, no, I don't want to go, I'm fine. Anyways, take her to the hospital. They do a blood count. Her blood count is soaring. Something's wrong. They don't do any x-rays, though. They just say, we're going to send her to a bigger hospital. They put her in an ambulance, send her to the bigger hospital from where we live. At the bigger hospital, they open her up, and they say her appendix has burst. And um, over the course of the next day or two, she just looked like she was dying and one of the nurses came in and said get her out of this hospital get her to sick kids that was the first time Catherine any I had never even known how to be an advocate and I teach empowerment I never had parents advocate for me I never had anyone protect me I never had anyone fight for me I never had anyone stand up for me I didn't even know you could say to the almighty MD I want a second opinion I didn't even know that was something I could do. And it was the nurse that came in and said, I could lose my job for this. 
but you need to get her out of here and get her to sit kids. I said, well, what do I do? Just like daughter energy. Well, what do I do? She said, ask for a second opinion. Well, I'll tell you, that doctor came in and talked to me like, what's wrong, mom? And I said, her blood pressure is through the roof. She's not making sense. She's, she's not my same kid. Something's wrong here. Well, a second opinion came in, got on the phone with sick kids, and they actually had a helicopter flown to our hospital. And it felt like 10 minutes later, the U.S. Army was walking in. That's what these guys in their helicopter gear looked like. I felt like the U.S. Army had come to save us. And they walked in, took my kid, got her to sick kids. And by the time we got to sick kids, the, the surgeon at sick kids said, you need to prepare yourself for the worst. She may not make it through the night. That's how sick she was. She spent nearly two weeks on life support at sick kids. And in those two weeks, Catherine, I became a fierce, I wanted to swear, fierce fucking advocate. I became a fierce motherfucker. That's what I became. I actually started to understand, like, my kid is going to die if we don't, like, I started praying like I'd never prayed. I started using my voice. I started, they wanted to put her through a third surgery. And at that point, I said, no, you need to, I could, I could see her little spirit was, was dying. And I said, she, you need to give her a chance to fight her, this, her body can fight this. Anyways, it all worked out. She's alive. But uh, when I hear you talking about being sick at 16 and having parents that were just quiet and they were lovely and they loved you, but they didn't know they could be fierce. They didn't know they could be warriors. They didn't know they could fight with people. They didn't know they could stand up for things. And it's like you going in at 24 and knowing you've got a lump in your breast. You know it. You feel it. You know something's wrong. But it, it you wait until 29 for those doctors finally to listen to you and take you seriously and by the time you're 33 you've had a double breast mastectomy and um what i'm i'm hearing is that it is time for you to embody more of your daughter energy it is time for you uh -huh. to embody the warrior who will fight for you the rebellious teenager that will tell people to fuck off it will that will not feel guilty for saying i can't be on whatsapp in groups and i'm I just had a reconstruction surgery two weeks ago. It is not my place, my job to soothe anybody, answer to anybody, email anybody, respond to texts. I don't care if you think I'm angry at you. Get a life. <laughs> That's a little daughter energy. Yeah. So I know I just like blah, 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 and talk nonstop. But um, when I say that to you, the shame that you carried, and, and we want to work through that now. We, we want to be able to move through that. You're still hearing me, right? Everything's still good? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Okay, great. Um, let's move through this. So when you talk about shame, shame says who I am is no good. Do you feel that story still? Who I am as a woman isn't enough? I, I definitely feel like I have a story to tell now, and I'm not just living to survive. Mm-hmm. And, sure. and guilt says, what I did was no good. And blame says, it's not my fault. And grieving says, um, I need to grieve the could have beens, the should have beens, and the ought to have beens. And fear says, who will I be without my story? And desire says, if I wasn't afraid, I would. Where are you? 
where are you when I use tell those different ways that, that feelings talk, how they sound? Is it possible that you can kind of be stuck between a couple of them? Yep, like, 100%. Push through because the desire part was, you know, that's, that's what I just pushed through was, I'm going to, I'm doing this course. I'm doing this. I'm, I love it. I'm spending money on myself. And like, you know, like I, I've, that's me putting myself first and, and, Bravo. you know, gone through all those steps. Yeah. But like saying, you tend to go back to your emotional home. So I guess maybe I'm in fear because I keep then going back to, am I really going to, is this really going to turn into something? Am I really, yeah, great. Is my story really going to get somewhere or, great. you know, but here's yeah. what's exciting is that when you were listening to the first two classes on that emotional edge course, you said, I felt shame. But what I'm hearing you say right now is it's higher. I'm higher resonating than that. I did used to feel ashamed. I did used to feel guilty. I did used to be stuck in grieving and sorrow. And now I'm moving, excuse me, into fear and desire. And the fear is, let's talk about what the fear is. Like, you don't have to do anything with fear, by the way. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to walk on hot coals. You don't have to jump out of an airplane. You don't have to do anything. I always said this, like life is hard enough. Having reconstructive surgery is enough. So let's look at what you might be afraid of. Let's just explore it. Like what comes up for you? I'm afraid what? Uh, I'm not going to succeed and create my future I want. Yeah. I won't succeed. What else are you afraid? Wait, that won't happen. Uh, that I might get sick again, and then my story won't yeah. be me confident and strong. Yeah, and there's some truth there. You know, when you, when you, when you say something, when I'm coaching someone and they just start to cry, they just get those little instantaneous tears in their eyes. That's truth. I say those are tears of truth. Sometimes we have a little laugh. We'll say something and we'll go, <laughs> and it's just so quick and spontaneous. And I say, oh, that's your laugh of truth. So the truth is I'm afraid I might get sick again. I'm afraid I might get sick again. And if I get sick again, I'm not going to be able to tell this story and succeed. And I have goosebumps all over my legs because I think that is a natural. I'm covered in goosebumps right now because that is a real true fear. You've been through so much. And you, you have, did you say you have children? Yeah, I have two. I have an 11 daughter and a 13 year old son. Yeah. So you've got these, these children who, who need you, who you need to be here for, who are looking to you, who need you to be their fierce advocate, who need you to show them that you're, you're, you, you are a survivor, not just a survivor. I've never liked the word survivor. I'm like, I want to thrive. I don't want to just survive. Mm -hmm. I want to. I'm going to yeah. live my, my greatest life. So here's something I want to just ask you. Have you ever thought about the fear? You know, sometimes we say, like, I'm so afraid I won't succeed. But sometimes we're also really afraid we will. Like, we're afraid to actually, like, are you, are you going to be scared to get up on that stage and tell your story? Are you going to give a TED Talk? Are you going to write a book? Like, sometimes we get afraid, yeah. like, well, well, then what? And like, well, oh, my God, that's so scary sounding. So sometimes we're actually afraid to succeed, too. Uh -huh. So if you weren't afraid, let's climb the empowerment spectrum. 
if I wasn't afraid, if I wasn't afraid that I was going to get sick again, if that wasn't a fear for me, I would, what would you do? If you could wave a magic wand, I would. I would just find more fun in life. I'd have more fun. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't know really what fun is. I have to find my, my tribe of people that can relate, you know? Yeah, well, you're so. in, you've, you found, you found us. Yeah. I promise you, you found, a, yay, yeah. you found a tribe of women who will, who will, who will rally around you, who will love you, who will hold you up, who will support you, who will encourage you, who will, you, you'll be just amazed at this group that you're stepping into. And I'm just so honored and grateful that you found us and that you chose us because you also had to make that choice. Empowerment equals choice. Like uh -huh. that was really empowered that you spent the money and you're doing this for yourself. So if I wasn't afraid, what would desire have me do? I would become an empowerment coach. I would tell my story. I would write for Crystal's magazine. I will I would tell me help more. other people advocate for themselves and ask for second opinions. Yes. And not brushed off. I will help women be their own fierce health advocate. I will help mm -hmm. women trust their intuition. I would help women use their voice. And you know what, Catherine? We all teach what we need to, needed to learn. We all teach what we needed to learn. I needed to learn how to set strong boundaries. I needed to learn how to say no. I needed how to learn how to say yes. I needed to learn how to um, be an advocate for my children, I, I didn't know. And and it's so crazy because I'm like, I'm teaching empowerment, but yet I don't always make empowered choices for myself. So this is why we become so amazing at what we do because we are walking it. You are in the trenches right now. You are, you are literally had to learn how to be your own advocate. Uh -huh. So here's the step that most women one level higher are really, really, really uncomfortable with. They want to almost spiritually or energetically bypass the next level of empowerment, which is called anger. We're not comfortable being angry. You came from parents who weren't comfortable being angry. You came from a mom who's so, so mother energy. She just loves you so much, but she doesn't have a loud voice. She doesn't she, like, I'm, that's what I'm picking up on. So what, mm -hmm. one yeah. of your great tests is going to be letting yourself embrace the power of anger. There is jet fuel in anger. When you learn how to channel up that anger, you know what anger is? Anger isn't kicking the dog. Anger isn't screaming at your kids. Anger, healthy anger is realizing something wrong happened. An injustice occurred. I wasn't heard. I, I went in at 24 when there was a tiny lump and they could have just removed that little tiny lump. I'm angry that I've had to have a double breast mastectomy. I'm angry that I've had to go through all these different surgeries. I'm angry that fucking there is cancer. Fuck cancer. Yeah, I'm, ang yeah, sure. I'm angry that we haven't found a cure for this yet. I'm angry because guess what all that anger does? That actually becomes our power for action to make changes to if we can't get angry enough about and 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 like really realize like i want to be an advocate i want to do this and if i don't get allow myself to feel the anger of what happened to me 
if we don't express it in a healthy way, it will implode on us. Right. And that's the power of anger, is knowing how to express it in a healthy way. When we can express anger in a healthy way, we catapult ourselves into greatness. When we don't know how to express anger in a healthy way, we sabotage. Okay. So this is your magic place right now. Your magic place is letting yourself tell yourself the truth about how angry you feel. And so the thing with anger for me, it like how do you go through that without hurting others and feeling the guilt that you're letting them down? Even if you're not really letting them down, that expectation you've set on yourself to not let people down? Yeah. Well, like, you have you have going to, through anger and you know if i say certain things it may hurt people who oh well. had a different thing oh but well. you know like <laughs> you know we don't want to hurt other people but if you say then i feel good see this is the problem this is the the loop that happens to women we get all the way uh -huh. up to feeling like angry that we don't have the life that we deserved angry that we didn't use our voice until now angry that we didn't and you're only 33 oh my god you have this amazing life ahead of you like I don't want to say in any way shape or form this was a blessing because I hate when people say oh you just could turn your lemons into lemonade I want to say I didn't want the lemons in the first place okay so yeah great yeah. I'm gonna turn my lemons into I didn't lemonade. want perky fake boobs thanks yeah exactly like I'm angry yeah. about that I didn't yeah. ask for that I don't want yeah. so when you say how do I because this is the problem. Women get to that point and they don't know how to express and say, I didn't, but I don't want perky fake boobs. I didn't want that. You're allowed to say that. You're allowed to feel angry with what you're going through in your life. Too many women feel, and then you just said it, and there's a loop. And then we feel guilty for being angry. So then we fall all the way back down to the bottom. And then we've got to move through blame. Well, I do blame cancer. I do blame the doctors. I do blame that I wasn't listened to. And then we got to move into the grieving. Now I have to grieve the could have been, the should have been, and the ought to have been again. I got to grieve the loss of my double D breasts. And not just the breasts, everything you've been through the fear, the scare, the health scares, the, the surgeries, the like all of it. Then you have to grieve all of that again. And here's the truth you will keep doing that loop until something in you pushes through the anger into pride and dignity to have the courage to create the life you want. So the anger Great. gets channeled into creating the life you are meant to live. It isn't anger where I can yell at my husband and say, shut up, I never wanted the." You can though, here's the truth. And if you can't say to your own husband or your own parents, and God bless your children, we don't wanna express that to our children, but if we can't get messy, messy with our own family and they're not going to love us because you just had a had a had breast cancer and had to go through all this if you're afraid that those people aren't going to love you still we have to work on that because i should be able to feel angry i should be able to feel frustrated i should be able to feel my feelings i should be able to and if i can't express that i feel angry or sad or down or frustrated or afraid without feeling like oh, that's going to hurt everyone around me then we're all way too codependent 
And I've been a people pleaser for way too effing long because I just want to go on a, I want to start swearing now. That's my daughter energy. She wants, she wants to like be like, no, that's what mother energy does. Mother energy says, I will put everyone else's feelings and needs before my own. In fact, I won't even let myself express my own anger at what I've been through because it might upset you. Right. And I think that's, that's where I'm at. Right. Yeah. So be in that. Okay, so this is your job, is we're not going to let you fall back down into guilt. No, 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 no way. We're going to keep you up here. We're going to get comfortable with the middle zone of empowerment. Because you know what women are really comfortable with? We're really comfortable with the ends. We're really comfortable with passive and peaceful. We're not comfortable with the, the uh, white river rapids that happen in the middle. We either fall down and we're like, I'm really comfortable being sad and I'm really comfortable being loving, but I'm not comfortable with being angry. Yeah. Okay, so your job is to just keep right now is to say, okay, if I wasn't afraid, I would have more fun. I'm angry that I haven't been having fun. I'm only 33. I should have had a shit ton of fun by this point in my life. I'm angry that I, I, I didn't know how to be an advocate and nobody taught me. And it's not like I'm angry at my parents, but you can be. You're allowed to, Catherine. You don't have to tell your parents. You don't have to say to your mom, by the way, I got off the phone with Crystal today, and she says I should be angry at you. But <laughs> you can. You can. You don't have to tell your mom it, but you can say it to me. And you can say I'm angry at my husband, and I'm angry at my mom, and I'm angry at not. I'm angry at doctors. And there's you don't have to do anything with that right now, but you need to let yourself at least own it and feel it yeah and feel it and honest to god like put a little put a forwarding on your emails that say out of the office for the next month <laughs> unless this is really important i I'm, i don't have access to emails or texts you know like nobody has my phone number because don't text me i'm so rude Oh my God, Catherine, I literally, like, if someone texts me, I'm just like, why? Like, somebody just calls me? Like, they're on Facebook and they think they have access to me because Facebook Messenger lets them call me and it rings. I just think, who are you? Who are you thinking you can just step into my peace? <laughs> right, right. And I think that's what it is, is I feel like I don't have peace right now. And I've always said, like, like, oh, I just, sometimes I just want to run away. I just want to get a hotel room and stay there for a while. Catherine, do it. You know what? You know what? So much bigger and, but. But listen, those are small acts of self-care. I'm going to a hotel for the weekend, husband. Watch the kids. I need to lay in a king-size bed by myself. And I need to have three baths a day. And I'm going to get a really nice room that has a jacuzzi tub. And I'm going to go down to the spa and have a massage and a facial. And I'm, I need I need to do this and I'm doing this. Well, I'm not. Deal with it. Because you know what? Your husband isn't going to leave you because you need a night away. It doesn't even have to be a weekend. Do it. I did it all the time when my kids were teenagers. When I got angry, the house was a mess. Nobody was helping. And God bless my kids. Like they're, they're extraordinary women, but just teenagers. So I would be like, I'm going to the spa for the night. I did it all, all the, not all the time, but every time I felt like I was hitting I'm about to blow my lid and scream at people. I just said, uh, I'd pack up a bag. I'd say I'm leaving for the night and I'm going, you guys can all figure out how to make dinner. Like you can like make craft dinner if you have to.
I'm leaving. And guess what? When I come home, I was so happy and everybody missed me and the house would be spotless. Everybody would be like, oh, shit, mom's pissed. And I would come home and they'd all be like, hi, mom. And I'd be like, I love you guys. It's not you. And it isn't your kids and it isn't your husband. It's life. Because uh -huh. everything I've through hasn't, you know, just, I, I thought I was doing really well. And then the surgery hit and, you know, I even mm. stopped seeing my therapist because she's like, you know what, you like, you're, you're doing this, you're like all this stuff. I took the step, took this course. So she's like, I'm going to be on a call and call basis. And, but I didn't realize the setback of going back there, the, the brain, how it plays the game of reminding you the surgery wasn't as, you know, intense. And yeah, there's, there was pain involved, but it brings, it brought me back of to course. all the pain. It's trauma, right? Trauma so, gets held yeah. in the body. Trauma is held in the body. It is held. And when we have something that brings us even sometimes just a tiny bit close back to that trauma, it's post-traumatic stress. It gets reactivated. Um, you're going to love, Catherine, you are going to absolutely love what you're going to learn through this course about the body, how we hold trauma in the body. In the Emotional Edge 2.0, we're going to be doing one whole class on accessing the body, breath work, and being able to release trauma from the body and dialogue with it, to be able to dialogue with your breast cancer, to be able to talk to it, to be able to dialogue with your new breasts even, because you that is the body-mind connection. And when we don't know how to connect with our body, listen to our body, learn from our body, love, even illness, I know that sounds crazy, but even to learn how to love that part of you and be like, okay, you're in me. Now, it's not in you anymore. Yeah. But this happened to me. And to be able to find the shame of that pain and to dialogue with it and then to learn how to breathe new, fresh energy into it, how to retrain the brain, this is a process. And healing doesn't happen once. It's layered and it gets deeper and it gets fuller and it gets richer and then something that really triggers you a year from now you'll be like wow that didn't even set me back like it set me back a little bit not as much as it did and and the day may come that that it doesn't it doesn't trigger you at all but of course how could you not have gone in for another operation your body alone is experiencing trauma when the body gets right. cut open whether it's a cut because of an injury or a cut because of an incision that your body is in trauma so right so that's where the i guess like that's where the shame comes from because i i had that taste of what it felt like to be you know better and it's yeah it's definitely it just it set me back so yeah. i guess that's why how like do you like it's possible to go through the steps all kind of at the same time all I, the time <laughs> All the time. But we then move all through of a sudden, it's like, there you are. You're back here. And I'm like, why? How? Yeah, <laughs> but listen, listen. I, 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 I had something that happened February 2nd. The fact that I can even tell you the date, that shows it. Something happened on February 2nd, okay? It was my sister's birthday. And my mother, who is a lunatic, and she'll kill me. But she doesn't. Why do I care? She hasn't talked to me in 14 years. But she still posts vile things about me on social media. I'm saying it. She might, she probably will listen to this because she listens to my stuff and then writes horrible things about me. On February 2nd, just that just passed, 
she decided to unleash and write horrible things about me on social media. I was so triggered. I had never done this before. I, I was really, I can't, no, I'm getting it wrong. I, I was not triggered. I dealt with it so well. It was like, I can't believe this isn't affecting me anymore. Then I went to visit my dad, who I don't see very often, and he was he for the first time he's like 70 something and he's just gotten on social media so for the first time in his life he saw the stuff that my mother wrote about me and he wanted to decimate her he wanted to sue her ruin her it caused me so much trauma listening to my dad wanting to attack my mother who doesn't even talk to me I came, I was crying for three days when I got home from my visit with my dad. Me, Empowered Crystal at 50. Uh-huh. Um, but I, the, the great news is I have the skill set to walk myself back up. Okay, who I am is no good. What I did was no good. What am I grieving? I'm grieving the could have been's and the should have been's and the ought to have. I should have had good parents. I ought to have had parents that loved me. Then I moved through the fear. What if my mother continues to attack me? Well, what would I do if I wasn't afraid? I'd live my greatest life. I'd talk about it because you could just got to talk about your mom. Why can't I talk about my mom? I'm not saying her name. It's my story. It's my life. It's my pain. What would anger have me do? Fucking talk about it. <laughs> what would pride and dignity have me do? What would courage have me do? Not shrink. Not be afraid. Right. Yeah. Set boundaries. Be my own fierce advocate. Get back and do another course. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to channel all this pain into healing even deeper again, going higher. So we all, things happen. The great news is that what might set you back a month in time might set you back two hours. But great. But you have, I'm, I'm so excited to learn all those, those techniques for sure. Oh, you're going to love it. And you just remember, we're like... I was just saying this to someone the other day. I said, like, imagine a piano, like the, the whole range of keys, all those keys, all those different songs you can play, and they all matter, all of those different combinations. Those are like emotions. There's notes. They're energy. They have vibration. Every time you hit one of those different keys, it hits a string behind the piano, and it has a vibration. Every We have the full range of emotions inside our body. And 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 not some aren't better than others. They just vibrate higher. And the ones that vibrate higher feel better. Uh -huh. So you're going to still have things that happen that you go, oh, that feels heavy and hard. But then you have the tools. You're going to learn the tools to be able to like ding, 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 and bring yourself all the way back up to the higher levels of consciousness, to the lighter emotions where you're back in joy, where you're having more fun again where you're feeling like your real self, where you have the courage and the willingness to, to create your great life. So I'm, I'm just excited that you're, you're part of our sisterhood and that you're doing the work. I'm excited. Yeah. yeah, so hold on to that. And when you feel down, don't beat yourself up and feel guilty for those feelings. Just say, this is normal. These are normal, healthy feelings to feel for what I'm going through. Right. Yeah, and instead of beating myself. Exactly. On, oh, as if you're going back there. No, I, I'm just, this too shall pass. Yeah, yeah. It's normal. It's natural. Anger is normal and natural and healthy. 
it's how you express it. One way is healthy. I'm so angry that I don't, I hear, it's okay, your phone. Um, it's okay, we're getting ready to call, we're re getting ready to finish up though anyways. But so anger and all of those, anger is as healthy as joy. Anger is as healthy as shame. There's healthy shame, there's healthy guilt. If I did something that was really horrible, I killed someone, I should feel guilty. Right, yeah. Guilt is, that is a, so then I would have to, again, move through the process of like, what do I do with that guilt? I need to apologize. I need to, there's things I need to do. And then I need to grieve what I did. The could have been, the should have been. I, then I move into fear. Then I move back up into desire. Then I can be angry. Then I can have pride and dignity and courage. And even a murderer gets out of jail eventually. Mm -hmm. At least here in Canada, they do. I don't know about everywhere, yep, but yep. right. Very long even a murderer yeah, in yeah. Canada gets out of jail eventually, unless they're like a serial killer. So we have to learn how to just like that. We didn't kill anybody. So that's the good news. And I'll never kill anybody. Don't worry. Um, but the good news is that we can, through these processes and interventions, help ourselves and you can help your children. You're going to be able to help your clients one day. You're going to be a fierce advocate for other women and hold on to that right now. Hold on to what you want, your desire. Hold on, okay. be in that, really let yourself get really comfortable with what you want and, and why you want it. Because the reasons you want it is your anger. I want it because no one was did it for me. I want it because I never want another woman to go through what I've gone through. I want to do this because I want to help women who are going through this. That's my kid. Julie, I'm going to tell Julie. Wow, to I've, never, I've never looked at anger that way. So, yeah, that's that's very eye-opening. So that's your job until we talk on, on Wednesday, and I'm going to see you. Try to put your video camera on if you can. It's so fun to actually I definitely will. be yeah. live. We can see each other. We'll laugh. We'll smile. We'll all do pretend hugs. And, uh, and I really look forward to meeting you. Thank you so much for everything. I'm, I'm very happy I lifted my hand up. Oh, Yay, Catherine, thank you. Awesome. Thank you so much, and we'll see you Wednesday. I'll see you Wednesday. Well, that's it, everyone. Thank you for another great chat with Crystal. Thank you to Catherine. God bless you for everything you're going through. As I always try to say, that was easy. Yeah, that's your easy button, and every so often you just have to hit the button and say, that was easy. it wasn't that hard. And really, when you're resonating in truth, life starts to get easier. So I want to wish you all a great month of May. Before you know it, June will be here and the flowers will be blooming and the mosquitoes will be biting. And I cannot wait to get the pool opened up and uh, feel some sunshine on my skin. And until then, I just encourage you to make great choices. Empowerment equals choice. And you always have a choice. You get to choose how you feel. Um, and like Dr. Phil said, remember, feelings aren't facts. So just because you feel down or you feel sad or you feel shame doesn't mean that's the truth of what you should be feeling. So we can work through it together. If you'd like to get some coaching, I would love for you to visit SWATinstitute.com. Sign up for mentorship coaching. We have amazing women who've gone through all their training. They're just finishing up their coaching now by doing 30 um, empowerment coaching calls with real women from around the world. We would love to support you. www.swatinstitute.com. And remember, empowerment equals choice. Bye for now. Thank you for joining us today on Chat with Crystal, empowerment coaching and conversations with real women from around the world. 
Of course, my name is Crystal Andrus Morissette, and it's been my honor to spend this time with you. If you'd like to be a guest on the show to get the coaching that you need, please visit www.swatinstitute.com. And remember, empowerment equals choice. It's always up to you.